episode 275 of Global from Asia podcast. And it's almost summit time, and I'm heading into the trade show insanity. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. Thank you, everyone, for downloading and listening to the podcast. Um, you know, as always, I am uh, on the edge of my seat as our annual conference cross-border summit gets closer. Losing a little bit of sleep as, you know, last-minute insanity as always. But I guess afterwards, most event organizers I talk to, we always are so excited for the next one. But right now, there's it's just uh, really chaotic, especially with today's, you know, trade shows situations and Hong Kong and everything but we got a really good group and it's gonna be the hardcore people like like today's guest Will Churlin friend of mine now and uh, expert this guy is like the genius of Amazon is like a human machine and I talk about a machine but he's talking about humans he talks about leveraging humans to get keywords and concepts and ideas He's got an amazing presentation he submitted already for the Cross-Border Summit. We're reviewing it. Mark Ramos, our partner in Guangzhou for the Cross-Border Summit. Thanks so much, Mark, for your help. Is really doing a great job going through all the different presentations and looking to do our interview uh, and, sorry, interview, <laughs> doing the best job to deliver value to those attending. I've been also reaching out to a lot of the attendees and talking to everybody as it gets closer. So. This will be the last podcast until the summit starts. This will be published on October 15th. And the week after, our guest is actually pretty interesting. We've, of course, got some recorded interviews already. We'll be going on while this summit is happening. So I am really excited to bring Will on. He got up bright and early 6 a.m. in Minnesota. It was 7 p.m. in uh, Thailand, I believe. And time zones are just crazy. We're just all hopping all over the place. He's been in Europe, in North America, and now heading over to China for the event. So without further ado, let's bring on Will. In case you haven't heard, we have our cross-border summit next week. Mastermind tickets are sold out. We might still have some general entry. Usually we sell out a few days before, but if you're going, thank you so much, really. It is one of the best ways to support the podcast. I know a lot of you can't make it out to China or Asia, and uh, no hard feelings, but of course, if you can and there's any option for you, we deliver as much value as possible. I mean, of course, through tangible things like the venue and the food, we're also going to have uh, my book launch of e-commerce Gladiator. I will be there uh, signing it for those that come. Wendy, my wife, just printed out a bunch. And we have so many other amazing, of course, 24 or 25 speakers and just amazing value and connections. And uh, as always, it's just it's a time to level up your business, level up your connections. Hope to see you there. Crossbordersummit.com slash China. I think next year will be somewhere else. All right. Thank you, everybody. Tuning in to our Global From Asia podcast. It's getting two weeks till Cross Border Summit. And we have one of our special guests, Will Trillin. It's also been quite a while since you got on the show, so uh, thanks for thanks for being here, Will. And how is everything? Yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited. I haven't been to China in a couple of years. I um, haven't got to feel the energy and <laughs> all the insider tips. It seems like whenever I go to one of Mike's conferences, 
I'm always learning 10 times more than when I go to kind of one of the more generic conferences, more stateside where it's just pitching different courses and software the whole time. So no, I'm, okay. I'm excited to sharpen my blade and take some notes and bring, bring some of this information back to the U.S. for my team. Awesome, dude. That's really, that's really awesome to hear. Yeah, I mean, you're saying years. I, I think it's been three years for me since the U.S., uh, Florida. Wow. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really excited to, uh, to have you. And so it's also good to just catch up. I mean, some of the other speakers and others are excited to meet you too. They, you know, you haven't been, I don't know what, what's been up. You've been like under the radar more. What's, what's been up with you lately? Yeah, it's, it turns out um, for the kind of ideal client we want for my consulting firm, which I'll get into a bit, what, what we do over there. But um, it tends to be kind of people um, 40 to 60 years old who run a kind of more old school manufacturing, run a brand, own a brand. And it tends to not overlap with these kind of like knowledge gathering information places like the Cross Border Summit, where okay. I go there, I learn a bunch about Amazon. But if my potential clients even knew this existed in the first place, I might be out of a job. <laughs> this is where they're going to be learning all the good stuff so um yeah what we do at go consulting is basically we partner with brands and manufacturers and run their amazon accounts for them so a typical company might come to us like say crocs and they go hey we got this big brand we do tons of sales throughout the world but our amazon account is a total mess we have multiple different of the same exact pairs all over the marketplace we got 50 different resellers on every listing. Some of the times the size of the shoe is listed four different times, four, four written out, four written out, but with parentheses. <laughs> What's going on here? We've spent tens of millions of dollars on branding and then people go to the world's largest online marketplace and it's a total mess. Got and it. so they basically pay us to go in there, fix their catalog, optimize it, and then run their advertising moving forward. So um, it's, Again, when we try to work with someone um, who is a private labeler or someone who is more kind of um, internet savvy or from the internet generation, they've probably already done 85% of the stuff we're gonna do right off the bat. And then the last 15%, it depends on what scale they're at. But when you're kind of starting from absolute scratch and you just have this perfect brand but have no online presence, then you're kind of a match made in heaven for us. Makes sense, makes sense, yeah. So, so then Minneapolis, so is it online, like you're working online mostly, you're working with the brands, you're visiting them? Yeah. So luckily it's still online. Every, um, we have a decent amount of clients in Minnesota. We probably have like 30 clients total that we just have on a monthly retainer that we're running their account. But, um, we have like probably five or six in Minneapolis and then all over the world from Singapore, Hong Kong. We have businesses from all over that basically just need our help and our bread and butter and why we end up getting a lot of these clients. We just show up first in the Google rankings. Nice. Um, we Google Amazon consultant, Amazon marketplace management, Amazon marketing help. A lot of those things We're kind of one or two or three. And so um, in general, that just builds in a lot of authority. And then once we can get on a phone and explain to them that like their problems they have are not unique to them, that okay. everyone has the same exact problems, that everyone has basically like the 10 steps they need to get done. And okay. so um, what I'm gonna be talking about at the Cross Border Summit and kind of what our special sauce is and what makes us a little bit different than the other agencies out there is that we really try to focus on the human side of things and the computer side of things. 
So it's one thing to do a bunch of keyword research, learn all the different keywords people are searching, trying to figure out which ones you want to go after and how aggressively and kind of figuring out the computer side of things and how the Amazon algorithm works. But where we try to focus just as much time and add as much value as we can is on the human side of things. Now that we have the eyeballs looking at your product, now that we have um, people finding your product, how do we convince them to purchase? And that's where um, kind of my topic, um, when we we'll be yeah. talking about depth in China, is getting a lot of, about how to do like human-centric surveys okay. and asking people, hey, which of these pictures do you like the most? What would you call this product? What questions do you have about this product? How much would you pay for this product? We had it before where we have the whole first page because for some reason, everyone's killing it besides us, but we're on the first page right next to them. And we thought it was a price point thing. So we edited out all the prices, took a screenshot of the homepage and surveyed a thousand people saying, which of these would you choose? Just based off of the title, the picture, and just kind of what the search results page looks like. And really trying to like isolate those individual variables of why are people not making the buying decision? We know we have good traffic. We know there's a lot of people there. But when we look up the sales on, say, like Jungle Scout or Viral Launch, our piece of the pie is only, say, 5% of the total first page revenue when it should be 25%. So how do we kind of get into the customer's mind? And that is something that um, I get a kick out of in general. Okay. I enjoy that kind of part of the psychology and try to break it down because there is no exact right answer. So it's an interesting kind of thought experiment. And it's something that tends to um, not really scale. It's not something that it's really easy for you to hire a huge team in like the Philippines or India to break down how like the U.S. buyer thinks of things as they're scrolling through. It doesn't really, you need to be in that individual marketplace. And so we've gotten pretty good in the U.S. marketplace with the surveys and we're kind of looking to and hopefully can get into the European marketplaces and start surveying customers there for some of our European accounts we manage. Nice. I like it. I like it. So it's, yeah, the human side, I think, I think it's true, right? So many people think Amazon is an algorithm is like a machine is the a nine and, uh, and the rank, but it's just, so basically what you're saying is it's more than just ranking and, uh, and the machine and the keyword, the, you know, the, the machine. Yeah, that, the easy, obvious stat for me to say is if, yeah, your conversion rate goes from say 5% to 10% sales double. Yep. And it seems like it's like, okay, well, what is conversion rate made up of? And it's like, well, how many people went to your page but didn't end up buying? So in normal e-commerce, if we had a Shopify store, we could do abandoned cart emails. We could do pixel retargeting. Yeah. We could do something to capture that customer's kind of interest and momentum and try to get them to purchase again. Where at Amazon, it's like people are so quick to purchase. They're buying on their phone. They're swiping quickly. Buy now kind of thing. where we really need to ask very specific questions and like short questions that people want to answer. If we try to make them do a thousand question survey, the last 500 answers are going to be worthless because they're already exhausted and don't really feel like putting in the mental effort. True. But true. if you pay someone a dollar, just say, which of these five pictures you like the most, they're probably going to sit there for at least a couple minutes and be like, okay, probably this one. Okay. Nice. And, and then, so, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, and then it, uh, to make it go full circle and everything is that we um, do a lot of our survey results just through Amazon's own mechanical Turk. Yep. And so then it's, um, yeah, it's interesting that you can use Amazon's own resources to survey customers to help sell more on Amazon. And I wish they would tailor the mechanical Turk 
more to that use opposed to the million other uses that people use it for. True. I mean, it would make sense, right? I mean, to help sellers on their own platform more. And it randomizes the customer data enough where like we can't just steal the customers from it. We can't mm-hmm. just ask them their email address. We can't just ask them their phone number. So we get good insights that are helpful, but at the same time, we're not like, oh, we surveyed enough customers. We have Amazon's data now. We don't need you anymore. It's never could be like that situation since it's, it's, there's enough wall around the garden. Okay. So it, I mean, there's so much, there's so much to talk about. And uh, I know you'll be sharing a lot of the summit and you're always so engaged even between the talks with everybody, but with the, uh, with this human side, I mean, at what point should somebody start to get into this? You know, I mean, is it something at a certain scale? Is that, is there some, would this be a lower, so. is this the apple yeah, falling off the tree kind of stuff or? I think it's something that you could continually do, say every three to six months. Okay. The market's going to change. Everything's going to change. You're going to have more questions. And I guarantee some of these questions I'm going to kind of like ask in my presentation theoretically and then be able to solve through it are questions that people are going to have in the audience where it's like, okay, I have four listings. All of them do well, but the third one stinks. And they're all on the same exact parent-child. What's going on here? You know? And those kind of questions where you could just sit there and just ask questions over and over again and go, okay, we keep getting these types of answers about it. Okay, now we should add, it's not like the shade of pink or what's going on here? Um, and we got a really deep diving into that. And with mechanical Turk, we can get, we like, like to, um, spend a little bit more and try to segment the people down to like, if we're going to be selling a baby product, we want to have it probably females from age 25 to 40. And we want to cut it down to the very first question we're going to ask you is, have you had a baby in the last five years? And if anyone says no there, we'll just like disregard their results and just pay for extra results type of thing because it's like you're not that relevant to us. But we can still, for like I say, a 10-question survey, we can still somewhere between like 25 cents to like $1.25 per response. Okay. And so if we can sit there and, um, especially if you're going to launch a listing soon, spend an extra 700 bucks and just survey a 1,000 customers asking them what price point they think is the best. It, this seems like with the lean startup method, you should almost do this before you even get a sample. Yeah. Like create a, uh, create like a, just like a fake listing page, upload your own images into it, you know, write the bullet points as you would and say, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Is this even relevant to you? Would you like this? If it showed up here, if the search results look like this and mine was in here, would one out of 10 people even choose mine? Is it one out of 20 or is it one out of five? Because then at least we know we're on to something opposed to um, going in there saying, hey, the viral launch metrics look good. Lots of sale, low competition number. Let's buy a bunch of samples. Let's, let's ask a couple customers first. Makes sense, of course. I mean, literally just talking to somebody, I think that's the most painful thing to see, right? Is sellers kind of spend a ton of time and money and then get it into Amazon and then start to try to do marketing or sales, which is insane. So, you know, like you said, seven. so it seems like you said 700. It seems like that's like a, a good budget for you said yeah and, and you could spend easily as low as 100 if you wanted to and you just was like hey i just want 100 responses i just want something out there you don't have to you know i don't know if they have much of a minimum on there it might be like 15 bucks or something like that but you can you can survey a pretty small amount and the survey results come in super fast if you don't segment it too much you might get them in like 48 hours and then cool. you're like yeah you're you're looking good then all of a sudden pretty quickly and um 
also that information you have, if you are connected enough, you want to do it as much as you want to, is valuable to other people too. If you run a survey and you say, hey, it turns out this product is not that great, not that many people like this product, there couldn't be like better content for like a blog post. Mm. Where you go, hey, I was about to source this baby product and here's why all the moms hated it. And you can just break down thing by thing and be like, here's where I dodged a bullet by spending 600 bucks on Amazon Mechanical Turk. And so I think that even when you get negative results, it's still a pretty good learning experience where when you get like negative results, looking up stats on like Jungle Scout or Viral Launch, it's not that much of a learning experience because it doesn't really stick with you as much, you know? It's just like, yep. oh yeah, like strollers are saturated, on to the next thing. True, true. That is true. You get much more insights or you can go to that seller on Amazon and, and uh, warn them. <laughs> I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, sorry. I got a little PDF you can pay a hundred bucks for if you want it. <laughs> and, and we then, recently, um, just did a, just kind of a macro. Um, I think it was like 160 pages worth of questions to, um, a bunch of Amazon buyers. We surveyed like 2000 of them and we found out all sorts of things where like, 50% of Amazon shoppers that we surveyed didn't even know advertising existed on Amazon. And so they just think everything's an organic listing. It is. And insane. so there was a bunch of things that we asked like that where we're like, okay, so this may not help us that much specifically on one Amazon account or another, but it's on our website. You guys want it for free. Um, all the results. It's pretty interesting actually seeing it all broken out and answering all these questions because we get stuck in the Amazon bubble way too much. We think people majority of people don't know what enhanced brand content is, you know, <laughs> you, like there's majority of people don't really know these kind of things. And until we actually like ask the customers and say, okay, which of these important to you price recognition of brand or good branding and imagery. And it's like, Oh, it just seems like it's price over and over again. But in other categories, it's not. Um, one last interesting insight from it was um, we found that like 50% of people said they would never buy an electronic ever on Amazon. And like, 45% of people said the items they buy most likely on Amazon are electronics. And wow. so it was like an interesting kind of dichotomy where it's like, there's people probably like you or me who know how to read the reviews, know how to kind yeah. of sift through it a little bit more and go, I don't mind buying electronics on Amazon. I'm getting a good deal. And like, whatever, where there's people like my parents who are like, hi, I'm not sure about that. I, I'm buying it from a brand I know and I'm buying it from Best Buy where someone there can help me. I don't really trust buying some $900 laptop on Amazon and not knowing what's going to show up. True. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's still changing over time, but yeah, there's still a lot of our parents are, a lot of our parents are still going to Walmart or somebody showed me a picture of Kmart in Guam. <laughs> there's this massive Kmart in Guam. So uh, I guess yeah, people I, I heard someone say recently that, um, yeah, if you're like, no one under the age of 30 wants to take an escalator to shop. Mm. And then, yeah, that was a, a fair point where it's like, yeah, once you make me park and I got to walk and I got to walk some more, go up the escalator, it's like you've already taken all the enthusiasm I have out of shopping. Makes sense. So um, what, Let's maybe go into some more of the macro, like the high, like Amazon, you know, you've been in Amazon so many years, you know, um, what do you see is in overall, like with within the marketplace, you know, happening? Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of interested, honestly, more and more about these, um, like the U.S. election and this political stuff coming up and how it does affect Amazon. Because more and more people are getting mad at Amazon for Amazon basics type stuff and thinking that's mm. anti-trust. 
people are thinking that the um, Amazon advertising is antitrust, that you have to pay for advertising now if you want to be in the first page day one. Mm-hmm. You can't just organically do it through just goodwill. Um, I think that there's a lot of those specific things that in general, if the political atmosphere was not like it was in the U.S., I would assume that all of those would just get extrapolated, where there's going to be 10 times as many Amazon basic stuff 10 years from now. The advertising is just going to get grow and grow and grow 10 years from now. And I just assumed that all of those, the sky was the limit. But now when I read a new article every day about either a politician or some sort of journalist saying, hey, this is unfair, we need to do something about it. I think that they are going to have to be very strategic about how they grow in a way that it doesn't ruffle feathers and it does kind of like help the consumer and the worker because they're kind of in this weird position where um, people love their services, people want to buy it as much as possible. But if they like say out loud that people love buying their stuff more than anything, then they get like a slap on the wrist. And so if you, yeah, if you found someone who goes, I love Amazon, everything I get is in one hour and it's the cheapest price I can find anywhere. It's the best company in the world. It's like, that's almost like the worst advertisement for Amazon because it just like hits every check mark of like why every other business can't compete with them and why they kind of are turning into this um, kind of this trust. And so it's, um, yeah, it's a really interesting thing where like I trying to figure out in my head where they're going to be aggressive and how they're going to be aggressive or if they just can, don't care and say, come get us, break up AWS and marketing if you want to, but we're going to try to conquer the world one way or another. And so that's the macro stuff I keep thinking about. I don't know how much you hear over on your, your side of the ocean about it, but um, Liz Warren, Bernie, everyone's kind of going after them. And like, I think it has some fair points to it, but at the same time, it's like, everyone's been doing this. Target's been selling end caps forever. There's a reason why there's no competition in batteries at Target. They're all Energizer or Duracell because they pay to play and no other company can afford to get in those shelf space. You know, so it's like everyone's been doing this kind of shady stuff forever. And it's like there's lack of competition in AA battery market, but no one cares. Um, So like I I wonder exactly how this is all going to pan out. But if you would ask me a year and a half ago, I would have said, the sky's the limit. Now I wonder kind of it's like Icarus is flying a little too close to the sun. Yeah. I mean, I think also trade war is kind of shaking things up pretty, 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 but pretty, pretty much. I mean, there's uh, yeah, I think even what I said, like even with cross-border summit, you know, the, like the whole idea of international global like, open borders seems like, yeah, like governments and politicians and banks are all slowing down. Like, sellers themselves but also amazon as a market because we're all just rushing full full steam ahead right we're like optimizing our listings we're like figuring out how to buy direct as possible you know like but uh it seems like these all these slow guys finally figured out like wow like stores are closing wow like you know uh amazon's not paying what tax we think should be paid and wow like there's, you know, so I think yeah, it's true, right? All these regulators, you know, then there's VAT in Europe and then people getting shut down all, all their accounts and Amazon, like, yeah, everybody's going after the big guys, like uh, even GDP, GRPD or GDPR, GD. Yeah, I always heard it too. That stupid thing, like you got to have some kind of pop up on your website now and for European and yeah, it just seems like it's true. Like, I think if it wasn't the regulators and the banks and the governments and the borders, things would go much faster and but maybe that course gives opportunities to the who does that give opportunities to i guess i guess that slows down amazon's own brands and amazon's own uh 
it, it gives opportunity to all my clients. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who've been around forever, got kind of screwed by brick and mortar buying less and less, and now they can sell their stuff on Amazon officially. So we're, we're in a pretty good position. But yeah, it's interesting to see how the spectrum has changed from uh, kind of say like five years ago, if someone was anti-Amazon, you'd assume they were more on kind of like the liberal side of the spectrum because they don't think they pay their workers enough and they're kind of putting mom and pop shops out of business. And now it's turned more into kind of like an anti-conservative thing where it's uh, Amazon Washington Post. And you don't want to buy from them because they're the, the coastal elites that's putting out, um, that just buys stuff from China and tries to resell it for cheap and puts American stuff out of business. And so <laughs> it's really kind of interesting to see how both sides have kind of like, like the meme have come together with the handshake saying, hey, we both don't like this. And then they all go home and shop on it. And yeah, so it's, 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 it's this weird kind of like closeted silent majority. Yeah, and then we'll probably, most likely have some journalists coming to the summit. They'll probably love to talk to people like you. And they've been always talking to me because our like, you know, our blog gets a lot of different keywords. So they're always asking me what these cross border traders and the trade wars and the policies. And uh, it's really, um, yeah, it's true. I guess it helps your clients. It helps the brand more established older brands that might not have yet gotten so good at Amazon or gotten online. Mm -hmm. What do you think about the SM? What do you think about like the the nomads or the the, the small? I don't want to say small sellers, the upstart, the hustler sellers. You know, I know it's hard. It might be getting hard. You know, they got the factories coming on. They got the old brands catching up. They got Amazon Basics. I mean, yeah, I think there's always going to be some room in the market for like the extremely scrappy individual nomad just finding <laughs> gaps in the market ahead of time. Yeah, just making the accessory that much faster than everyone else. Just like not going through all the inspections just to be like, no, you get these like solar glass, uh, yeah, like solar eclipse glasses out there ASAP. Um, and you know what I'm saying? Like there is, there's always going to be some sort of trend to get out there faster than everyone else and that everyone else can be slow at. And then there's also going to be um, the people who do copy stuff faster than Amazon basics. So if like, I, I know there's like a classic example is like there's this roost um, laptop stand. Yeah, and it's like seventy bucks, and then some other guy made like a twenty or thirty dollar version of it. <laughs> yeah. There's no Amazon Basics version yet, but there was some scrappy dude who's like, "I'm pretty sure I can make that for half the price." Yeah, um, and so there's always gonna be some market for that, but um, to get into the market of actually like scaling to like ten mil, twenty mil a year, and have like consistent growth over growth, and not just chasing dollars, that is gonna be tough. And that's where honestly, I I've been saying it for a couple of years, but I feel like more and more of these people are gonna start teaming up with um, private equity mm. is that these private equity people there's like I can't remember the last number I saw but it's trillions of dollars in cash on the sidelines right now just waiting to be invested in something when the private equity guys they love the idea that you can kind of forecast sales figure out a standard kind of margin that you're gonna be making and then go okay now do this with 10 products instead of one product and if we can just consistently grow this and all the numbers extrapolate out for five years, we can take the money we invested and sell this brand five years from now for a hundred million dollars that we only had to put 10 millions into and just kind of sit around for five years. And that on paper, I've seen a bunch of people show that to me. And in practice, they never actually have like an actual like Amazon operator 
in there. Mm. They try to like, put some random like MBA guy in there. <laughs> they try to put some random kind of like operator type person in there. And this is where there would be a perfect hire to get one of these kind of like nomads that's kind of sick of scrapping around and looking for something a little bit more serious, and a little more settled down because it's like they have the entrepreneurial spirit. They have like, the scrappy mentality. They actually know how Amazon works. And they just need basically the backing of some institutional investor to give them kind of a blank checkbook to scale. Nice. Yeah. So I can't wait. You know, it's my favorite part about the summit. You know, you probably heard of maybe met Mike Hartman before. He was just on the yeah, show. I met him a few times. Yeah. He's scaling like crazy on, he's trying to stay ahead of the curve with these new trend accessories. And he's kind of making a system to, to render images before they're, you know, He's trying to be first to market on some of these Apple yep. launch kind of thing, Apple Day calls it or something. But yeah, I know it's uh, it's true. And then there's definitely um, there's definitely more and more equity money coming in. Like uh, I'll catch you up too when we meet. But I'm I'm a partner in uh, in an investment company now for Amazon Alpha. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I don't know if I don't know if you wanted to get into that at all. But yeah, I've been following them and like the virtuosos graphics guys and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, they'll about four or five guys from the from the equity comp or you know Alfrock investment company will be there. So um, awesome. yeah, we're we're also trying to do that. We have some scrappy operators and and hustlers um, trying to put old money into uh, into Amazon. So uh, in no, I, I thought of you and I thought of like David. I know David too um, from yeah. your uh, company. And I was thinking in my head, I was like, yeah, what they need to do is get like scrappy. And I was like, oh, the light bulb went off. I was like, oh, now your company makes that much more sense. <laughs> and yeah, where you guys can um, kind of like acquire and packages the services together too. Where sure. they're, 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 they're fine standalone companies, but at the same time, they all can kind of scratch each other's back if they need to, to help each other out. Exactly. Cool. But yeah, it's just, this is um, exciting. It's just a couple weeks away. There's so many more. Uh, you know, we always make amazing connections, and and uh, you'll be there for the mastermind too with some of the, the select people that that upgrade for that. And um, I think you know, I know it's really early for you. You're, you, what is this your normal schedule, or you always yeah, up early? I'm uh, still. I just got back like Friday from uh, Paris, so oh, okay. I'm still a little jet lagged here. So luckily, I woke up at six a.m. sharp and I was ready to go. All right, perfect. Well, yeah, I think uh, I think we got people. I think this is a great catch up, and uh, I'm glad we got you on just before the uh, the summit. And you'll be, yeah, Paris. Now you're in Minneapolis, and then you'll be in uh, in China, of yeah. course, and in uh, October 21st, 22nd, 23rd. The main two days, 22nd, 23rd, and yeah, Nate will be there. Your friend, our friend, he'll be Nate Ginsburg, and it'll be a really great lineup. So, um, as far as your uh, your your firm. How can people find you or your business online? Yeah, if you guys look up Goat Consulting, um, Will at Goat Consulting is my email. If okay. you are looking to outsource your Amazon, basically management of your account to prevent it from getting suspended, row sales, optimize it, um, merchandise it properly, kind of everything in between, um, we're definitely there to help you out. So um, yeah, if you have any questions about that kind of thing, or just even the agency to side of the business, um, selling information instead of... Um, physical products. It's kind of a, a d different mentality for sure. True. True. Uh, thanks so much, Will. And uh, good luck getting over your one jet lag and then another. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Sounds good. See ya. 
thank you so much alpha rock capital i am a proud equity partner and biz dev dude of alpha rock capital it is an acquisitions firm buying amazon fba mostly and some online businesses in other verticals we are coming to the cross-border summit thank you so much for the support from the other partners and equity holders and investors of alpha rock they support this show too if you'd like to get more information about investing selling your business or maybe even working for us check it out at www.alpharockcapital.com there is a connect form we have investor relations partners there that will reach out to you and see if we can make some deals it's an exciting opportunity thank you so much alpha rock thank you so much will for sharing it's uh, it's amazing i mean he gives amazing value like you know i remember meeting him for the first time in 2016 and he's got a crowd of people around him and he's just answering questions like non-stop he can answer throw him anything he'll answer it i mean that's how it is with the podcast and definitely for the presentations he's he's spoken at our event in the past and it's always amazing to have him coming and uh and hanging out and he'll be on site for the vip mastermind on the 21st of monday next week with a great group of people and the two days of the event he'll be speaking on wednesday morning second slot I think uh, it's always hard to figure out when to put everybody, but we have him there. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. Globalfromasia.com is our podcast, and we have show notes and full transcriptions and an amazing team. You know, Alvin's editing these. We actually are thinking about doing some video podcasts, but uh, audio for now. We have the graphics, Stephanie and Mindy's helping QC. Cheryl's helping post. LG's helping edit and oversee, and it's just an amazing team. I'm really so lucky. It, of course, six years. Global from Asia also turned six years old. Uh, it will be turning six years old on October 22nd. Actually, kind of just a coincidence, but during the cross-border summit. So I, uh, I'm really excited. I'm not going to do blah, blah, blah today. I don't know, I'm going to take a... I'm stressed out, honestly. I've got a pile, a pile of work for the summit and uh, even though we have a great team, April will be there. April's help heading up our community and client services. Um, still, just so much, so much to do. So I, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna skip the out. Blah blah blah. Maybe I'll have to bring my kids on one day. There. I'm actually thinking about giving my son the Chromebook. Five and a half years old. When do you think they need a computer? But thank you, everybody. And I'm gonna go into the war zone. No. <laughs> so I'm gonna go into meet some amazing people this is where the action is you know it's pretty quiet here in thailand right now although i've been here for some more turbulent times in thailand i think every border around the world has their ups and downs but i can't wait to meet all of those of you that have decided to spend your time at the cross border summit fourth annual 2019 a lot of our different guests on the show and listeners and fans and friends i almost feel like everybody's my friend that's what makes me so stressed because everybody's my friend, I'm, uh, and I, I do bad at, you know, bargaining and, uh, you know, drawing a line and closing closing doors and stuff like that. But we're going to have an amazing event, and uh, I'm going to get back to it. i got talking to Bloomberg right now, talking to different media channels, South China Morning Post and others, and Jumpstart Magazine and other local ones. And I really appreciate everybody's help. Thank you so much. And... Uh, Episode 275, over and out. 
To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.